one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay the word of god must fall in the good ground the bible said the same word was preached but it didn't profit them because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it you got to mix some faith in what i'm going to say because this is a supernatural message because it's coming out of that kind of a book and you can't understand it the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of god neither can he know them they're spiritual to discern the carnal mind is enmity against god not subject to the law of god neither indeed can be and so i read again today in ephesians we wrestle not against flesh and blood and i want you to memorize ephesians 6 that's the greatest chapter that's the whole armor of god we've got to get that right away now you'd say why are they foolish because they wanted to go back to the law they wanted to go back to circumcision as a part of their salvation they wanted to go back to the rules and the regulations of judaism and so he says my you've been set free why do you want to go back to bondage i got the neck yoke off of you why do you want to put it on again why do you want to go back to the things of Sinai? Why do you want to go back to the thunder and the lightning? All you need is the light, but you don't have to have the lightning. And so he said, why? And won't you stay with salvation by grace, through faith? And so we're coming to another chapter, the third chapter, old foolish Galatians. Who hath bewitched you? Some old witch came along that ye should not obey the truth. And did you know that witchcraft is really loose in the land today? You take the homosexual churches, you take the Satan churches. People really worship Satan because they say they can relate to him. I guess they ought to. They're his children. That's right. They can relate to their own dad. But I'll tell you something else. If you've got a born-again daddy and an unsaved son, they can't relate. Why? Because there's a regeneration gap. I didn't say a generation gap. I said a regeneration gap. That's your big gap we're facing. We haven't got the people regenerated. And, you know, darkness can't fellowship even with darkness. I mean, actually, because it's just dark. When the whole family's in darkness, they have no fellowship. But when part of the family come to the light and the rest of them remain in darkness, then there's still no fellowship. But it makes the conflict more augmented than it ever was before. And the people would say, well, listen, since my daddy got saved, he's just not the same. Honey, he's not supposed to be the same. No, he's not. Yeah, I know, but I tell you, he just don't want to do what we used to do. That's right. That's right. I mean, he's not supposed to. He's supposed to be a new creature in Christ. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And he said, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? You know why anybody served the devil? They've been bewitched. That one of the devil's witches came along and bewitched them. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Look here. How can you rationalize and how can you keep from being afraid 
These people actually, some of these people saw Jesus face to face. They stood out yonder on Golgotha's hill. They heard those old Roman hammers drive those nails through his hands. And they saw Jesus Christ, some of them, after he had risen from the dead. And he said, evidently he's been set forth before you, and yet you're turning back to slavery again and back to the bondage. I tell you what, I'm warning you about when you go home. You go right back to your witchcraft or your religion. And now there's no difference. I just seem to be mixed up with witchcraft as a rotten religion. That's all it is in there, superstition and fear and ignorance. That's right. Every religion without Jesus Christ is built on fear, ignorance, and superstition. And that's it. And I don't want to build mine on no superstition. I want it to be real, right on the Word of God. And so he said, evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Now... Did y'all get the Spirit by doing something good? Did y'all improve a little bit? And did y'all get everything worked out? And did the joy of salvation come through your works? Well, of course, the answer is no. Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? I tell you, see, this whole book deals with the flesh because religion appeals to the flesh. Religion appeals to the flesh. Now, are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? And you know, the thing that really gets me is that the churches today are beginning to think that the flesh is something wonderful. And we got to entertain the flesh. It doesn't make any difference what you wear anymore. Ladies can wear men's clothes and girls can wear men's skirts. And the uh, fact is, I notice some of the churches now, some of the girls are coming with shorts on. That's a disgrace to God. I mean, I don't understand how in the world. You see, the Bible said, have no confidence in the flesh. And the more, you dispose, the, the more you expose the flesh, you're exposing the worst thing about you. I mean, the flesh is worth nothing. If you don't believe it, you try to sell your body after you're dead. You couldn't get one dollar for it. Nobody wants you. The flesh is no good. And the Bible talks about modesty, but we've gotten away from the Word of God. And now for, what do we face? We face venereal disease such as we've never seen. We face prostitution. We face immorality. We face girls that are impure and laughing at the puritanical standards of our forefathers. But look at the foul condition we're in today. Look at the young people wandering the streets like stray dogs, miserable and unhappy. Where did they run? Ask them. They'll tell you that it was not a good place. Ask them if it was decent. No, sir. Was it clean? No, sir. Were they nice to you? No, sir. Then why would you run? Why would you go to a place like that? Why would you give up a palace for a hog pen? Why would you give up cleanliness for dirt? Little girls I always thought were supposed to be clean, you know, and pure and nice and neat and everything sweet, you know. You remember that? That's what we used to think, wasn't it? And I still believe that's the best for little girls, don't you? And I've got good news for you. No matter how dirty or how mean or how sorry you've been, Jesus still loves you and he'll help you if you put your trust in him. We're not working on the outside except to just try to get you to be decent on the outside. But I tell you this, there are certain things that you can identify yourself with. When you expose the flesh, you identify yourself with the flesh and with the world. And the world would expect you to go their way. You take the boys that wear long hair. They've identified themselves with the hippies. The hippies have identified themselves with dope and with immorality. I know because I deal with them all the time and love every one of them. You know the boy that came to be with us? You remember had the long hair? You remember that? He said, you know, Brother Olaf, the first step to victory 
was when I was willing to have that long hair chopped off. That was my first. You know where he is today? He's in Prairie Bible Institute in a Bible school and one of the greatest men on the face of this earth. God is blessing that boy. He became a good soul winner, but he said my first step was to quit identifying myself with the crowd that drug me down, and I was one of them. Girls, trust us. Just trust us. Even though I know there's an element of rebellion, just like, you know what Nikki said to me? First time she ever walked in my presence, I don't appreciate you condemning my music. Well, it just so happened that that was her music. It wasn't the Lord's. Neither was she. She didn't belong to God. She wasn't saved. So I didn't get mad at her. I said, well, honey, you'll understand one of these days. And she does. She understands now. Well, he said, did you start off in the spirit and then you perfected everything in the flesh? Well, the answer, of course, is no. Let's read on. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? In other words, is it by the law, by your works, or is it by faith? Let's go. Verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Would you turn to Genesis chapter 15, verse 6? Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. Now, this is the first time it's ever used in the Bible. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted to him for righteousness. Genesis 15, 6. Now, look here. Brother Paul is writing to the Galatian church, and he said, even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. What counts in life? Just your faith in Jesus. That counts for salvation, counts for righteousness, it counts for peace, it counts for joy. Just your faith in Jesus Christ. You know where faith comes from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know why many people cannot live, including preachers, by faith? They don't know enough of the book. They don't read the book. They don't put the book first. The Bible's the only book there is. Most people are doubting about my slipping away for a month. Ms. Roloff said, I can't help but doubt myself. But she said, I think it'd be a good thing, and I don't think she's just trying to get rid of me. But anyhow, it won't be too hard as long as you have the Bible, honestly. I believe I can spend many hours, many hours, just reading the Bible. I tell you, I've come to the place in the Bible, and the well is so deep, and the water's so cool, I just kind of lay down on my stomach and drink. I mean, I just say, Lord, I believe I'll stay here a while. I mean, I'll just bathe in this. My, I mean, run that all over me. Have you ever heard anybody say, run that through again? Well, I'd say, Lord, run that through again. That's so good. I want some more. Got to read them. In the book of uh, Romans and the book of Galatians and the book of Ephesians, and I tell you, that water was running deep and cool and clear and pure. And I tell you, it just made me want to forget about everything else in all the world except the Word of God. Oh, I wish I could get something over to you. The Bible said, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You've got to get hungry. Listen, i tell you something I've learned about eating. Don't ever eat unless you're hungry. Don't. Mm -mm. Mother Nature knows there's something wrong, and, you know, she does a lot of things. A lot of times she'll swell up your tonsils, so you can't hardly swallow. <laughs> and your tonsils, there are two red lights down your throat, you know. Boy, they get to flashing like that and then swelled up, and you say, oh, i got a sore throat, but I... Dinner ready? Well, it better not be ready. Don't eat. Mother Nature's trying to teach you something you won't pay a lick of attention to her. And so spiritually, cultivate an appetite. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. You know why it's so hard to feed you sometimes? You're not hungry. You know why we take a bunch of filth away from the people that takes away the appetite? You know what makes you lose your appetite for good food? Bad food. You know what ruins your little children's health? It's candy and chewing gum and all that stuff all during the day. 
ordering. They're just so full of it. They come to the table. I don't want that. I'm not hungry. Well, I guess he's not hungry. He's full of sweets. He's full of poison. Coca-Cola's and carbonated drinks and all the rest of it. He's just so full of junk. Potato chips and, you know, everything you can chuck down him, you see. Ah, listen, there's got to be discipline if you want help. I know you can laugh about it now because you're young, but there'll come a time when your body's going to need help. It's going to need help, and you're going to need some strengthening. But now's the time to build the foundation. Well, he said, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And that makes me a child of Abraham. Hmm. If he's the friend of God and the father of the faithful, then I'm his son, and I'm related to him by the new birth. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. How are he going to justify the heathen? Through faith. Preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. You mean Abraham got the gospel preached to him? The Bible said so. The gospel was preached unto Abraham. And he believed. The Bible said he believed God and was counted him for righteousness. The Bible said he stumbled not at the promises through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Accounting that what God had promised, he was able to perform. That's faith for you. God never promised anything he couldn't perform. I've made some promises I couldn't quite perform, haven't you? I mean, I overshot the runway and just didn't make it. I mean, I just couldn't get it all done. I thought I could, but I just couldn't make it, see? But God never did that. No, sir. All right. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham was blessed real good. He was on his way looking for a city, so am I. Then he said, if I'm his child, I'm going to be blessed with him. I'm blessed with him tonight. I'm going to get the blessing also. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the, what? Curse. If you're of the works of the law, you're under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continues, not in all things which are written in the book of the law, to do them. All right, let's count for a minute. Now then, suppose you'd say, Brother Olaf, I've kept nine of the commandments. I've only violated one of them. Of course, I'd have my doubts about that. You know what the greatest commandment is? You remember when the man came and said to Jesus, he said, what would you consider the greatest commandment? Well, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and mind, soul, and strength, and all that's within thee, and thy neighbor as thyself. Boy, he said a lot that time, didn't he? You know what one of the great commandments is? Ephesians 5:18. be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Suppose a man's filled with the Spirit. I mean, really filled with the Spirit of Christ. What would he do? He'd have love, joy, and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, forbearance. He'd have all the good things of the Spirit if he's filled with the Spirit. Because if you're filled with the Spirit, the Spirit will work out his traits and virtues and characteristics in you. So I wouldn't have to worry about smoking, would I? Not if I was filled with the Spirit. You've never known of a man filled with the Holy Spirit that was filled with unholy smoke. Never have. You've never known of a man that was filled with a Spirit that would ever drink the spirits. They call it the spirits of alcohol. Spirits, more than one. See, the devil's got a lot of spirits, but God has one spirit. That's the spirit of Jesus. And when you fill with him, you wouldn't want to get off on something that cheap and sour and trashy. I wouldn't want to get drunk because everybody acts the same when they get drunk. They all slobber and fall and stagger and they all drive drunk. Oh, I tell you, this old world's so desperate. It's so simple that the smart aleck's miss it. I tell you what, if it hadn't been for my daddy riding a real close rein on me, I'd have gotten in a lot of trouble. I really would. I mean, you see, the devil knew God was going to call me to preach, and he really tried to foul me up before the Lord got a hold of me. And I mean, he did a pretty good job. He was really working hard on me. The devil's got a lot of discernment, and that old bird can see way down the road. 
And so he said, I believe I'll just get that little ignorant thing before God gets him. I'll foul him up so he can't preach. And if it hadn't have been for the mercy of God and the grace of God, and so I didn't know then that I'd be working with people in trouble, but I'm glad for the privilege and the opportunity. Now, he's raising a question. Did y'all start off in the spirit and then you were made perfect in the flesh? Well, of course, the answer is no. Let's read on. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 9. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, there is the curse. But that no man is justified by the law. Verse 11. No man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It's evident. For, here's our text, isn't it? The just shall live by faith. That's the third time. Habakkuk, Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews 10.38. All this little verse is put in four times. The just shall live. That's true. The only people that live are the just. You think the sinners are living tonight? No, sir, they're dead in trespasses and sin. You think people tonight without Christ are living? They're dead in trespasses. He said, you at the quick and were dead in trespasses and sins. You think the rebellious children are living? Not on your life. They die before they're supposed to. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff.